0: Welcome to Many Messages. I'm Brother James, and this is Holy Week. Saturday, the Sabbath. Okay, so it's the Sabbath day, it's Saturday, the seventh day of Holy Week, and Jesus has already been crucified, and we're waiting on the resurrection, and a lot of people think that Jesus is simply laying in the tomb during this time, and I get that, it's the day of rest, everybody's supposed to be chilling out, relaxing. Yesterday, Friday was the day of preparation for the Sabbath, preparation for Shabbat, and for Jews, this is uh, very important that on the Sabbath, on Shabbat, that you don't, you don't do any work, you don't do anything. But I think in the case of Jesus, while we're resting, while everybody was resting, he was fighting for us in what's possibly the most important battle. And all humanity and all of history yet to come. Um, if we look at Matthew 16, verse uh, into verse 18 and on into verse 19, we see Jesus is telling Peter that he'll build his church on Peter, that Peter is the rock on which he'll build his church and the forces of Hades will not overpower it verse 19 says i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is already loose in heaven and the first part of that jesus says i will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven jesus had to get those keys from satan he had to go get those and he had to win that fight and I believe wholeheartedly that that's what he was doing for us on the Sabbath, while we all rested, while while his disciples rested, while all of Jerusalem rested, while all of Israel rested. Jesus was fighting, and we see that again in Revelations chapter one verse eighteen. Jesus says that he holds the kings uh, the keys to death and Hades. He he took all the keys we're worried about what satan's doing in our lives he ain't even got the keys to his own house jesus says i'm the living one i was dead but look i'm alive forever and ever and i hold the keys of death and hades revelations one eighteen. so there's no real reason to believe that he wasn't doing anything on on the sabbath um I believe wholeheartedly that he was fighting for us. And that happens throughout our life. We know that no matter where we're at in our life, even in our moments of rest, Jesus is fighting for us. And he's fighting to defeat hell, the grave, death, all of it for us. And we we look at yesterday, Good Friday, as the beginning of that fight. And he died, he died a very painful, bloody, physical death on the cross for us for the redemption of our sins. But not only that, on the Sabbath, he goes into hand-to-hand war against death and hell to take possession of the keys to the kingdom of heaven, to, uh, to, of the keys to hell and death, so that he has complete and utter control over what all happens to us. And one of the... I'm, I'm going to jump from scripture and go into fantasy for a minute because one of the best images of what this battle could have looked like that I've ever read or seen in my life comes from the second book of the Lord of the Rings series where Tolkien describes in the Two Towers the uh, aftermath of Gandalf's fall from the bridge of khazad Doom. And here's what Tolkien had to say, and this is from the words of Gandalf when he's explaining his experience to, to, uh, I believe it was Merry and Pippin and the imps um, Treebeard. He's explaining his experience after his fall. He said, long time I fell, long time I fell, and he fell with me. His fire was about me, I was burned. Then we plunged into deep water, and all was dark. Cold it was as the tide of death, almost it froze my heart. Thither I came at last to the uttermost foundations of stone, He was with me still. His fire was quenched, but now he was a thing of slime, stronger than a strangling snake. We fought far under the living earth, where time is not counted. Ever he clutched me, and ever I hewed him, till at last he fled into dark tunnels. In that despair, my enemy was my only hope, and I pursued him, clutching at his heel. Ever up now we went, until we came to the endless stair, From the lowest dungeon to the highest peak it climbed, ascending an unbroken spiral in many thousand steps. There was a lonely window in the snow, and before it lay a narrow space, a dizzy area above the mist of the world. The sun shone fiercely there, but all below was wrapped in cloud. Out he sprang, and even as I came, behind he burst into new flame a great smoke arose about us vapor and steam ice fell like rain i threw down my enemy and he fell from the high place and broke the mountainside where he smote it in his ruin then darkness took me and i strayed out from thought and time and i wandered far on roads that i will not tell naked i was sent back for a brief time until my task was done and naked i lay upon the mountain top. The tower behind was crumbled into dust, the window gone, the star, the ruined stair was choked with burned and broken stone. I was alone, forgotten, without escape upon the hard horn of the world. There I lay staring upward while the stars wheeled over, and each day was as long as the life age of the earth. Faint to my ears came the great came the gathered rumor of all lands the springing and the dying the song and the weeping the slow everlasting groan of overburdened stone and so at last he found me again and he took me up and bore me away thus it was that i came and found you but lately gone i tarried there in the endless age time of that I tarried there in the ageless time of that hand where days bring healing not decay healing I found and I was clothed in white counseled I gave and counsel took and that quotes from Gandalf and the Lord of the Rings the two towers by J.R.R. Tolkien well of course this is fantasy version of what could have happened it's fantasy version of what happened to a fictional character I believe Tolkien may have looked at his Christian beliefs of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ to draw inspiration for the scene. Uh, Tolkien was a devout Catholic, and his best friend was uh, Church of England, and they were friends with a, a Methodist and a few others that they frequented frequented with and discussed things with all the time so i'm pretty sure this was probably one of the main topics that they discussed and he probably drew from this and his knowledge about the death burial and resurrection of jesus to write this scene of gandalf coming back from the dead to help with the quest to destroy the one ring so you know drawing from that We can begin to see and understand the type of battle that Jesus may have been encountered with. And we'll never know, honestly, we'll never know until we get there what really happened and what really took place. But we do know that Jesus has defeated death and he defeated hell and he defeated the grave and he has come back. And we'll discuss that more tomorrow. But for today, we have to understand that while we rest, he fights. While we take comfort in our homes, while we hide from the pains and sorrows, he faces them head-on in our stead, constantly. Now... Yesterday we talked about some of the scenes at the cross and I want to talk a little bit more about some of the other things That may have gone that went on at the cross So when we look at Luke 23 verses 33 through 34 It says when they arrived at the place called the skull they crucified him there along with the criminals one on the right one on the left Then Jesus said father forgive them because they do not know what they are doing and they divided his clothes and cast lots so even as his accusers were crucifying him and mocking him, he still offered forgiveness. And he does this for us constantly today because we do the same to him. We ridicule him, we crucify him. Well, sometimes we don't even realize it, but you know, as, as a whole, as people as a whole, we we constantly belittle what christ is and he still offers forgiveness and in that we have to be willing to offer forgiveness for those who mock us or ridicule us or persecute us because christ offered it for us every time he still offers forgiveness so the decision always falls back on us continuing on we look at john chapter 19 verses 25 through 27 says standing by the cross of jesus were his mother his mother's sister mary the wife of clopas and mary magdalene so we have three Marys standing here and when jesus saw his mother and the disciple he loved standing there he said to his mother woman here is your son then he said to the disciple here is your mother And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. a lot of people will argue that this was John. Honestly, it doesn't say, but we do get that interpretation in uh, later scripture. And all we know is that Jesus' mother, his aunt, and his most devoted follower, and his beloved disciple were there for their entire crucifixion. They witnessed the whole thing. And while on the cross, Jesus made sure that his mother would be taken care of. While he was dying, his thoughts were on other people. While he was dying, his thoughts were on others. He considered the people he loved the most, and he bound them together as mother and son before he took his last breath jesus's concern was for the well-being of the people in his life not for himself too many times we act selfishly and we shouldn't we should give everything we can to other people around us and that's how we show the love of christ is we act like christ and our thoughts should be on others and our thoughts should be about forgiveness when others do wrong to us. And Jesus does this for us constantly also too. While we allow him to be ridiculed by this world, His thoughts are still on the world and his thoughts are still on us. And that's what the Sabbath is about is that he paid a sacrifice on the cross on Friday and rose from the grave to show that he had conquered death on Sunday. But on Saturday, he was considering us because he did not stop fighting for us when he took that breath. No, his fight was just beginning when he took that last breath. He's fighting death. He was fighting the grave. He was fighting hell. He was fighting every force of evil so that we could live in heaven with him in peace he was defeating our greatest enemy and why was he doing that first John 4:10 tells us love consists of this not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins propitiation propitiation for our sins that is a hard word So let me try that again. Love consists in this. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. I think I said that right this time. But what that means is that while we rest and don't even consider God, he still loved us so much. That his son paid the price for our sins in our stead. And this Saturday, this Sabbath, I want you to encourage you to consider the price that was paid for you and for me. And to consider the fight that Jesus went through so that we would not have to suffer and be alone after death and spend eternity in hell. Jesus fought death in the grave and fought a long, hard battle while the world rested. So take your rest today because tomorrow he is risen. Look, I love you guys, and I'm glad that you are listening and I hope that you continue listening and I can't wait for tomorrow's message. Hey look, God bless and I'll see y'all later. If you've enjoyed this content, please visit my website www.brotherjamesparty.com to view and listen to more content that I've been able to put out. You can also subscribe to the website there and receive updates as new material comes out. And also you can... Either go to patreon.com slash brotherjamesparty or you can click the Patreon button at the bottom of the welcome page and you would be helping me out into bringing you further, better, more in-depth content. I would greatly appreciate it. Love you guys. Thanks so much.